Hey everyone, it's Brianna. And this is Gwen. And you're listening to The The Page Turner. Hey everyone, and welcome back to The Page Turner. As always, I'm Brianna. And I'm Gwen. And we have a really exciting page perspective. Woo! We are expecting some new faces. Yes, we are going to be looking for new pages mm-hmm. um, to join our team. It's a quite a long process, so yeah. we're announcing it today, so it won't be... Well, it... we already have one new one, but we're actually probably going to be getting more. Yes, that is true. So we're just excited to see new faces, have yeah. some new people here, get some new blood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah, you'll maybe get to hear from um, some more people too, which is exciting. Yes, more um, guests. <laughs> yay! But we are here to talk about books. Yes. One book in particular. And today we read The Blind Assassin by Margaret Atwood. Now, as we mentioned in the last monthly episode, we have both read The Handmaid's Tale, mm-hmm. which is also by Margaret Atwood and is an extremely popular book. Yes. And now TV show. Yeah. And now it has a sequel, <laughs> which <Yeah. laughs> to us both, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Yeah. But that is why we wanted to uh, talk about a different book of hers that perhaps is not as well known. And we felt, you know, we would have felt compelled to talk about the sequel a little bit and the TV show just to kind of wrap into what makes it so popular. Mm-hmm. Um, so we read The Blind Assassin and this is my second Atwood. Have you read any other no, Atwood? No, it's so my this is second, second well. too. I don't know, spoiler alert, if I will be reading a third. <laughs> I probably won't. Yeah. <laughs> so that's just a little preview for what we're going to get into today. So my rating would have to be a 2.5 out of 5 stars just to be clear. I'm giving it a three. It's a oh. solid meh kind of oh. book for me. <laughs> didn't hate it. Didn't love it. Yeah, so I felt... So this book is really interesting because it's a story within a story within, within a, a story. story. And by interesting, I guess I mean too much. <laughs> <laughs> because Miss Atwood was trying to do way too much with this book. Yeah. But it won the Booker Prize, yeah. which is an extremely prestigious literature award. Mm-hmm. So... Going into it, we were both really excited because we figured, you know, and we don't normally pick books by awards, but if we're going with an author that we're really unfamiliar with, Mm -hmm. we kind of wanted to pick one that had some of the essence and the hype, but again, you might not have heard of. And the story within the story within the story is too much. Too much. Calm down. Yeah. (laughs) A lot. It's like going, but she is a prestigious author. So Mm -hmm. I guess, you know, if anyone has the right to tackle this kind of thing, um, it would be Atwood. So we start the story with Iris Chase, who is our protagonist and she is older now. Yeah. So she's just looking back on her life and recounting the story. And the beginning I found really interesting because you get a sp- her perspective mm-hmm. and then immediately you get an in-story story called The yeah. Blind Assassin. And that is the in-textual story. Yeah. So <laughs> it is the first story within a story. It's the story that, well, let's not spoil it, but it's the story written by a character in the book. Mm-hmm. So you come to find out that that story is written by someone that the protagonist knows. And mm-hmm. then... After that, there's a chapter from a newspaper. And so the first, I would say the first 50 pages of the book are 
a constant back and forth between the main story, the blind assassin, and news articles. So you're getting caught up in this world Mm -hmm. that this woman, Iris, is reflecting on. And you find out through these news articles that her husband has passed and her, and her sister has passed. Well, like, first line, you find her sister has passed. Yes, that's true. Thank you. Yeah. Like, it's by like way, it starts right out the bat. Yeah, yeah, right out the gate. And she was really young when this happened. And you're like, wow, so this woman must have quite a tale to tell. Yeah. Now, my main issue with it that, you know, doesn't give anything away is just the way it was written. It's very verbose. So, like, I would say... Kind of unnecessarily. Yeah, unnecessarily verbose. Um, The book is deceptively much longer than it looks. Yeah. Um, you, you, there's cramming a lot of words onto one page. <laughs> and I would say every page could use about 400 words less. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's very verbose. But I have, I've, you know, known this about myself, that I don't like books where it takes forever to get to something. Says the Stephen King fan, though. Right? Thank you. (laughs) So this must mean that, like, I have a very distinct detector Mm -hmm. for this is, like, worth it or not. Because I've read Stephen King's books that are 300 pages, and I think they're too long. Yeah. But I read The Stand, which was 1,400-something pages, and thought every bit of it was necessary. Okay. (laughs) So, right? You're like, I don't don't know about that. (laughs) But... I just, you know, if you're, for example, if she's sitting in the park reflecting on some part of her life, I don't need to know the color of the trees. Mm. I don't need to know how the wood that the bench was made out of um, reminded her of something her dad used to say. Yeah. Like, and and all that takes 30 pages to Mm -hmm. explain. Part of me wonders if it's because of the character herself that maybe this character is just has a habit of waxing poetic and just going too far and also it is a reflection so she's also looking back on a life that was full of drama shall we say so maybe she's taking a moment for herself but even so it just feels unnecessary (laughs) like it's almost like not to be rude as you're saying that to the protagonist yeah can you get a move on (laughs) you know like i don't have time for this yeah um as i've said i have said this to my boyfriend before You're painting me a picture. I need an outline. (laughs) (laughs) Quick. I've got 20 seconds. This is not. Yeah, it's it's a lot. And and you know what's weird is it doesn't even feel she talks to you like it's a diary. Yeah. No one writes that much in their diary. No. (laughs) No one. And I would I would bet on that. I mean, I know some people, you know, write more detail than others, but it Mm. didn't feel like a diary, which I think is why it lost a little bit of its excitement. Yeah. Because early on with these news articles from, you know, these various family members dying, mm-hmm. um, from, the, from the get-go, you know, what happened with her sister, mm-hmm. you you know that a great family drama is coming. Yeah. And I love family dramas. <laughs> I think that they are great because everyone has, for the most part, some family story, right? Yeah. Even if your family is no longer with you or you're no longer connected to them, there's a story there. Yeah. And, I mean, who doesn't love the drama that can come with that? That's why all these reality shows that people love, mm-hmm. I don't watch any of them, but I hear about them plenty. And that's why people enjoy them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I think the main thing was the writing. And I, it's hard to come back from that if you yeah. don't like the writing. How are you supposed to, you know? I mean, I liked The Handmaid's Tale. So I've liked her writing in the past. Mm-hmm. This book, however, was just, it was extra. 
Yeah. For lack of a better term, I guess. It's just, it was too much. I didn't need all of that. Like, it's the same reason I get annoyed with Stephen King's writing. It's just, get to the point. Yeah. Okay, yes, you're setting me in a world, but this is our world. You don't have to set (laughs) me that deeply into it. Set me in the time period, sure, but, Mm -hmm. like, you don't, like, I know what a tree looks like. (laughs) Yeah. You don't need to go into that much detail, right? So it's, part of me is just... Yeah, like... You have to rely on the intelligence of your audience. Mm, yeah, okay. At least a little bit. That's a good point. That's, it's it's verbose, like you said, mm-hmm. and like and it assumes something about the audience that is not true. Yeah. And the audience has to wrestle with that the entire time they're reading the book. Yeah. And you can't even really skim. Mm-hmm. Because then there's those little important nuggets along these huge pointless paragraphs. Like, there's not even, like, a good break. Yeah. You could try to read this whole book just reading the dialogue, but you couldn't. <laughs> that wouldn't work. You have to read all the You'd fluff. probably that's... get very confused. Yeah. <laughs> Don't read books that way, guys. What if someone said that to you, like, oh, I only read the dialogue in books? <laughs> It'd be an interesting experiment. Yeah. To say the least. And they passionately review books, like, just based on the dialogue. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, Yeah, so to end our non-spoilery section, again, my issue is that I think that for the most part, we'll go into it later, I think that the story was kind of fascinating, but it just, no one cared. Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't. Yeah, as far as I know, I mean, it's gotten pretty good reviews online, Mm -hmm. so some people obviously like it and enjoyed it, but... The initial reception, I will say, I read was very mixed. Really? So it's one of those books that gained... Like a cult following? Not a cult, but gained, like, some kind of reverence and respect as it went on. And I don't know if that's the award that it got that did Uh, that, uh or it's the author. Because, you know, a lot of times when an author... This happens with King. She has a really She's a cult following. She (laughs) has a very, like, recognizable name. Like, even if you haven't read her books before, you're going to know who Margaret Atwood is. Yeah. And I would say, maybe not cult following, but I would say she has a very, it's like Virginia Woolf, if Mm -hmm. someone likes her, they love her. Mm. Um, You know, and if someone doesn't, it's kind of like, eh, I've picked up her books here and there. But I feel like whenever I run into people that love this author, it's like, she is amazing. Mm -hmm. So um, I think, and, you know, not talk about King again, but he also, I would say, suffers from that. Yeah. um, Where you have to read this because it's by this. Yeah. And it's like, no, if, especially if you write enough, not all of them are going to be good. Yeah, exactly. So before we move on to the spoilery section, let's announce what we're going to be reading next month. We're very excited for this one. It's Binti by Nnedi Okorafor. And this book is a novella. It won the Hugo Award in 2016 for Best Novella. Mm-hmm. Um, the Hugo Award is a huge award in science fiction literature. Mm-hmm. Um, all the greats that yeah. you know of have won it. It's about a young lady who has been accepted into the best university in the galaxy, but in order to go to this university, she must, you know, traverse space mm-hmm. um, to get there and leave her family and customs behind. I'm really excited. I actually wanted to read this for a while now. Woo! <laughs> we finally got to it on our list of things to read. Yeah. Um, we've also heard a lot of great things from one of our uh, colleagues here, Carrie, who is in charge of the sci-fi section here mm-hmm. at our library. So we are really excited. She's so. going to be a guest speaker. Yay! So stay tuned. You will hear from the person in charge of our wonderful sci-fi section herself. 
Yeah. So we're going to, as always, read our favorite quotes first before moving on to the spoilery section. And Gwen's going to start because hers is literally (laughs) the first line in the novel. Yeah. (laughs) Which is... So the first line and the first sentence. Ten days after the war ended, my sister Laura drove a car off a bridge. I really like that, actually, because it sort of starts the novel in a very, like, oh, okay, things are going down yeah. sort of way. And so it's, it's almost kind of jarring. But I kind of wish it had, like, actually set the tone of the book. and it had didn't the, keep it. It didn't, yeah. It didn't have that sort of revelatory thing going on throughout. It was mm-hmm. just, it went from this to rambling almost. Yeah. And that was frustrating because it was almost a refreshing start to a novel, but it, it's like it hit the gas, yeah, and then it literally just, just stopped coasting the gas. Because uh, I was gonna say yeah. coast. Oh, you're right. Because I, I guess it still tenderly does move forward. Yeah, but it literally felt like we just poked the car and got out. <laughs> <laughs> like, like the the level of speed is so jarring, you get whiplash almost. Yeah, yeah. and then mine is. Uh, but in life, a tragedy is not one long scream. It includes everything that led up to it. Hour after trivial hour, day after day, year after year, and then the sudden moment. And I included this one because I think it kind of contrasts yours. Because, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think it's clear that that's what she was trying to do, right? Uh, This woman is uh, in her 80s and now reflecting on her huge long life. But I think that the mistake that can be made with the writing, now some people like this kind of writing, is that a long life doesn't mean... For in writing, a long life doesn't mean trivial details yeah. in storytelling, mm-hmm. I believe. Because life itself has a lot of trivial details. Oh, yeah. All the time. But you're not letting someone experience your life. That's not the way people experience each other's life. Mm-hmm. Because I think trying to recount little details, you're always going to miss how it really felt for that person. Yeah. And then suggesting that's suggesting that that person is that hyper-aware All the time. Exactly. Like, if you're walking down the street, you know, you maybe have your headphones. If you're riding a bus, you might look at the foliage. But, like, (laughs) you know, if you're just walking down the street trying to get from point A to point B, you're probably not. Especially when it's a usual routine. Yes. If you forget things. If you take that route every day, you are not going to notice, like, tiny changes, probably. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be... Well, you might if you were paying attention, but you're not going to be paying attention. (laughs) That's your route. That's, like, your everyday thing. Yeah. So it's like you're probably just listening to a, a podcast or something. Or, you know, even back then you're probably not going to be paying that much attention to all of those details that she feels need to be mentioned. It feels, it makes it feel kind of disingenuous and fake. Yeah. Because you're never, I I think, you know, most books, they give you a little detail so that you can supply the rest of it yourself so you can feel connected to this person. Yeah. And the over, you know, the overt detail on things just makes me feel like I'm being told to feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. And it's not helpful and it doesn't draw you in. Yeah. So um, we liked that combination of quotes to kind of say, like, we know where you're going with it. Mm-hmm. But we don't think it was successful. Yeah. I mean, to flash back to Aristotle and Dante, I had the problem where it was not descriptive enough. Oh, yes. Um, Aristotle is- and Dante discovered the secrets of the universe. By Benjamin Alire Sainz, yeah. <laughs> um, which we read a couple months ago. Yeah. But yeah. This is the polar opposite. It's gone to the other extreme of where it's telling you everything and you don't need to know. Yeah. 
Yeah, I do remember you saying that. Like, you wanted, like, you felt like chunks were kind of missing yeah. in that book. But yeah, you can make a mistake by going the other way. Yeah. Um, so those were uh, quotes uh, for the book. So, I mean, if you like all the things that we're saying we don't like, yeah. and that opening line really captured you, check it out. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's a stylistic choice on exactly. her part. Like, And yeah. obviously some people appreciate it because it is a winner. Like, it is a prize winner. Yeah. It is a prize-winning book. And, you know, there are many good reviews. People do like this book. Mm -hmm. It's just neither of us did. Yeah. That's one of the things that we're agreeing on. Yeah, which is really funny. So we're not even disagreeing on, not even necessarily feeling the same way about the story. Yeah. It's just the writing style. Yeah. Which surprisingly didn't work for either of us. (laughs) But yeah, so there's a quote. Let's go on to to the spoilery section so we can tell you about this crazy story within a story within a story. (laughs) As always, if you do not want to be spoiled for this because you think you're going to read it yourself, rip out your headphones, turn <laughs> off the podcast, throw your phone across the room, but be careful, especially if you have the new iPhone 11. Throw it gently. <laughs> yeah. Onto the bed. Toss gently. Um, and yeah, so we are going to just dive right in. Yes. Oh my goodness. I know. It, this It's a daunting task, you guys, because there's three stories here, but mm. we're just going to break it down like we did before. So we have the book that we are reading with Iris leading the story. She's mm-hmm. an older lady now, reflecting on her past. We know that her sister died, mm-hmm. and we know that her husband died. Yes. Um, and both are a question of, were they suicides? Mm-hmm. Or was there something going on there? What led them there? Yeah. And you learn this all within, like, the first oh, 20 pages. so fast, yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're really excited, and we are throughout the book reading from a book called The Blind Assassin, which mm-hmm. we are told is published by her sister, Laura. Yeah. It was published, her sister, Laura, was a writer, and this was her unpublished work, so after her death... Posthumously. Uh, yeah, yeah. I always had this uh, published. And in it, there's a woman, and she's having an affair with a man. Yeah. <laughs> and then that... <laughs> it, within that story, there's another story. Because her lover is yeah. making up a story to tell her. Mm-hmm. So you have those three layers. Now, I have to say right off the bat, I really liked the story in The Blind Assassin that the lover was telling. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So confusing. But in the story, in the fake story in the book, The Blind Assassin, he's telling some kind of sci-fi story to her. Mm -hmm. And you don't really know the point of why he's telling her this. He's, she's just like, oh yeah, can I have aliens? Can I have this? Can I have this in the story? And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, let me tell you a tale, hun. And, <laughs> and I thought that was really interesting, but yeah. it didn't serve a purpose that felt yeah. purposeful. <laughs> it, I mean, those hidden, those, those meanings, those, you know, things you could glean, but yeah. it just was like, why am I reading this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and so let's also bring up the point that like, we find out eventually the big twist which is yeah, why this the big is twist, which section. I was not that hyped about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that Laura didn't write it. It was actually Iris who wrote it. Yes. Just publishing it under her sister's name. And it actually kind of loosely mm-hmm. follows her own life, Iris's life. Yeah. And so there is some echoes in, in sort of ripples that you see throughout the ec- the other stories. I almost call them extra stories. Yeah. <laughs> the other stories within the story. Mm-hmm. But there's this great buildup where clearly her sister has died, yeah. right? And everyone is like, 
okay, well, we think it was an accident. No, we think it was on purpose. Mm -hmm. And now you're reading a book published posthumously that you're thinking, oh, clearly there's guilt. This will tell us why. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, so she had an affair. Mm -hmm. Like, da-da-da-da-da. How crazy. And then, in a way, you feel, I felt very upset on her behalf. Yeah. That her sister was lying and saying, this, my sister wrote this. Yeah. Guys, like, letting people talk badly about her Mm -hmm. posthumously because... Her sister just chose to use... I don't know. To use her name. Yeah. Essentially, like, she was almost just took advantage of the fact that her sister was now dead. Yeah. To just be like, well, I want to put this out there, and I'm just going to use her name, because that way, like, the guilt, the the bad feelings don't land on me. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that, <laughs> that was probably the one aspect that I both... I felt a real emotion towards the protagonist, mm-hmm. which, so that near the end, <laughs> yeah. is when I actually felt something not positive. And, you know, because before I was just like, okay, I get it. Okay, I get it. What is what is mm-hmm. the point here? And I thought, you know, that was actually a bonus because it ties into the real story, yeah. which is that her poor sister, Laura, mm-hmm. was very happy in her own relationships, mm-hmm. but it turns out that she's actually had been abused by Iris's husband, husband yeah, for years, yeah, and and it almost it, it almost puts salt in that wound because mm-hmm. then after all of that, and it essentially takes her life, mm-hmm. you use her name yeah. for your own. Not even just gains, but to clear your own conscience. Yeah. Conscience. To free your own guilt and to tell your story. Yeah. And to top it all off. What is she guilty of? I know. Like, having this affair, and the affair that is sort of mimicked in the story that she's telling is with Laura's partner. So many, like, there are so many reasons you don't want to like this main character. Yeah. And it's not even that she's despicable, but that she... With all this flowery language yes, and this yeah. story within the story, it's almost like she wants you to be like, okay, but what am, what am, see what yeah. I'm coming from. Yeah, like almost trying to make it sympathetic, but also just maybe even so confusing that you kind of are not sure if you should be on her side or not. Yeah, like she's trying to, to confuse you mm-hmm. to kind of get, yeah, to make you be on her side so you'll read her story, yeah. right? It's almost like, so you'll read the books and so you'll read her story and then to be gut-punched yeah. by, oh, now you feel kind of almost like, oh, I, I don't want to read your story. I mean, and the thing <laughs> is, is I'm here for unlikable, like, main characters. Yeah, like, yeah. I've read a couple of books that the main character is not likable. They're <laughs> not a good person. But you're still not necessarily on their side, but you like the character not because you like the person that they are but they're just a well-written character exactly but that's not what happened for me here i just didn't like her and at all like i didn't have any opinion other than you're not a great person yeah <laughs> like time. and and you don't you're not even told what could possibly possess her to do this jealousy of her sister yeah maybe but it goes so far i think it, it's not just in life, but also in death. Mm-hmm. That she disrespects her sister, who needed her. Yeah. And and you have to remember who she's writing this for, too. Like, her granddaughter? Yeah. It's her granddaughter. Yeah. So she's going to, in when she died, like, she's leaving the truth of the story to yeah. her granddaughter, who actually doesn't want anything to do with her. For good reasons, apparently. Yeah. So it's, 
it's just, it's so much of, I'm not interested in giving you a side, even though I know you're a fake character. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not even interested in giving you an ear, because I don't want to know. Yeah. Um, and granted, these were, Iris's marriage was an arranged marriage. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's the idea of this big kind of, like, tech family essentially marrying this, like, agricultural family. Mm-hmm. And the parents wanting to set up a good marriage for her, right? Yeah. Again, though. You know, why you have one sister, you have one sibling, why wouldn't you bond together over that? And it seemed like she just really had no clue what her husband was doing, Mm -hmm. what her sister was doing. And she she didn't. After Laura's um, death, that's only when she found out what her husband was doing. But to be so unaware, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just, it's... Yeah, I don't know. I feel like if I had really gotten into the headspace of the main character if I had really connected Mm -hmm. in that way even though I wouldn't like her (laughs) I would still have liked her story but because I didn't really connect even with all of these things Mm -hmm. it just I don't know I'm not really here for the drama so that (laughs) being the only thing there for me Mm -hmm. is why why am I here why am I reading this book yeah you know, not to mention the close this discussion out. We talked about the story a lot and mm-hmm. the main character, but in general, everyone else just felt so two dimensional. Yeah, very I mean, much. those if you can believe it, there's more stuff we haven't revealed yeah. about the interplay between characters. Well, it is a long book. <laughs> yeah, uh, much longer. Like I said, it's deceptively longer <laughs> actually than it appears. Um, we're very two dimensional. I mean, we have another death that we didn't go into great detail of, and it's like. A couple others. Yeah, yeah, a couple. Right. And we didn't go into them because they're so complicated to find out their story. Unnecessarily. And the payoff was, yeah, yeah. The payoff was not worth the wait and totally. the sludging through of 300-something pages. Yeah. So, yeah, this is just a, it's a no just, for me. It's, I consider it a very, like, middle-of-the-road one. I can understand why people like it, but mm-hmm. it was not there for me. The writing style of it was not there for me. The characters were very blah for me, but you know, it. Some people really enjoy the the, the sort of flowery language mm-hmm. that she yeah. employed, and really like sort of thinking deeply about these things. And the, so the story within a story within a story <laughs> can be really complicated and fun for some people. It's just not for me. Yeah. So I wouldn't give it less than three stars because it's not horribly written it's just not written in a way that i like okay i think it's for me i dip below that three because it's a little bit of both i think part of it is it's not for me but i also think part of it is not well written okay and i think some of the plot could have been uh brought about in different ways but that's the way she chose to do it so that's why i kind of had to dip a half point below below to do two and a half yeah, so that was our review of The Blind Assassin by Margaret Atwood. <laughs> We're really sorry if this is your favorite book. I did um, like The yeah. the Handmaid's Tale. So if you want to read a like, uh-huh. I guess, I don't know if that would be a good one because I liked it, but I didn't like this one. I And, and it is a very different style. It'd be style. a good contrast then it to would see be. if you like Atwood. In general. Yeah. both. I did not enjoy The Handmaid's Tale, not because I didn't like it. I just found it very underwhelming. It was very hyped up for me. And I've read a lot of very serious novels, dystopian novels and Mm -hmm. things like that. So I read it and I was just like, okay. (laughs) I think the TV show, from what I've heard, gets a lot darker. It does, yeah. Um, So, you know, yeah. But I didn't dislike it. I think I gave The Handmaid's Tale a three. Mm. 
Yeah, there you go. But yeah, and she's written plenty of other works that you can check out too. Yes. Um, so yeah, uh, again, as a reminder, we will be reading Binti by Nnedi Okorafor. Yeah, so we're really looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Again, thank you so much for listening. As always, I'm Brianna. And I'm Gwen. And this has been The, the Page Turner. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or on our webpage via direct RSS feed. We would be very grateful if you would subscribe or write a review wherever you listen. Thank you all for listening. This has been The Page Turner. The views and opinions expressed here do not necessarily represent those of the Los Gatos Library or the town of Los Gatos.